Welcome to Startup BizCast, episode 48. I'm Steve Mullen. Startup BizCast is the small business advice podcast that takes less time than your average coffee break. It's produced by BizPods, the business podcast production service from Endgame Public Relations. For more information on the service, please visit www.endgamepr.com forward slash podcasts. This week, we're talking history. Now, back in the 1930s, as we all know, there was a worldwide depression. Economies around the globe were in shambles, but in the U.S., there was a group of people who legitimately became millionaires through a combination of innovation and smart thinking. It's a great topic, given the weak economy we're dealing with right now. Now, my guest this week is Laura Posey. Her sales training company, Dancing Elephants, is holding a seminar on this topic and has graciously agreed to talk with us about it. And be sure to stay tuned until the end of the interview. She'll have information on how listeners of this podcast can participate in those teleseminars for free. Normally there's a fee, but she's agreed to help us out. Now, my discussion with Laura did go a bit long, but it was so interesting and I'm such a fan of history that I couldn't cut much of it. The trade-off is that I need to cut BizCast Brief once again. I've had to do this quite a bit lately for various reasons, and if you're a fan of that portion of the show, I do apologize. Be sure to check out the Startup BizCast blog, though, and look at this week's recommended reading post, which has links to the latest small business articles, news, and blog posts. Time now for this week's Startup BizCast interview. Laura Posey is vice president of Dancing Elephants Achievement Group, a sales training firm. She's here to talk with us about how a group of people became millionaires despite living in the 1930s during the Great Depression. Once again, be sure to stick through the entire interview. She has information on how to participate in a teleseminar on this topic and get more information for free. Laura Posey, thanks for joining us this week on Startup BizCast. Thanks for having me, Steve. Now, before we dive into a little history, uh, tell me about your business. You probably have one of the more unique business names I think I've ever heard. And that's one of the reasons we chose it. Uh, what we do is teach business owners and salespeople how to sell and market. And part of that is being memorable. So we chose a name that was memorable. If I go to a, a networking event and my name tag says Laura Posey, Dancing Elephants, you can bet somebody's going to ask me what I do. That's a good strategy to have. Now, uh, getting into the history part, we, we wanted to talk a little bit about Depression-era millionaires. Now, back in the 30s, it was the Great Depression. The country was in shambles. Unemployment was epidemic. Americans were starving. Yet there, were, well, there was a group of people who actually became millionaires. Did they have some kind of magic bullet? Um, well, they had knowledge that other people didn't have, and, and a lot of what they had was a different type of mindset. But what the, the millionaires in the Great Depression knew that other people didn't know was that there's always money to be made. Um, a lot of people prior to the Great Depression had built their fortunes on really shaky ground. Everything that they had was speculative. They were living well beyond their means. And it, in contrast, there were an awful lot of people who had saved their money, had been very diligent, um, had reduced their expenses. And so when everything crashed, there were an awful lot of people that came out smelling like roses and an awful lot of smart business people who looked around and said, you know what, there's still money being made in this economy. There's still money changing hands. People still need to buy things. How do I, take, how do I get a piece of that? That's funny. You mentioned people making money uh, speculative, uh, living beyond their means. That sounds familiar. It does, doesn't it? There's a whole lot of that going on right now. And and while a lot of people are going to suffer during this current economic downturn, what we find is that there are an awful lot of people that are going to make a tremendous amount of money during this downtime as well. Uh, they're really going to use this to their advantage, and they've been positioning themselves 
all along to take advantage of this. But even if you haven't positioned yourself, even if you don't feel like you're ready and you're not sure what to do, there are lots of ways to make money in this economy. You sent me some notes from your seminar. The first note was to change your mindset. Is this another way of saying get creative? Um, it's partly about getting creative. An awful lot of it is looking in, at the opportunities that exist. Um, you know, if you listen to the news today, there's so much about the, the bad economy and, and consumer confidence is down and oil prices are up and food prices are up. And, and when you listen to the news, you just hear all this terrible stuff. And it's really easy to buy into that and say, oh, this is awful. I need to put my hands in my pockets and and hunker down and just wait for this thing to blow over. Um, the smart people, though, are looking at it and saying, I don't care if it's a down market for everybody else. I'm not going to let it be that for me. I've heard a lot of people say, I refuse to participate in your recession. <laughs> That's good. That's and good. and so it's really about looking at this and saying, this is a great time um, of opportunity. This is a time for me to really gain some market share, get ahead of my competitors. This is a time to get creative and to find other ways to make money and to to really put your thinking cap on and say, where is the money flowing in this economy? Because it's always flowing. Now, you say the, the Great Depression millionaires questioned everything. This sort of goes along with the previous point, right? Um, It does. And one of the things that, that the Great Depression millionaires did that I think was so brilliant was they really, they, there were no sacred cows. They they said, you know what, it doesn't matter what we've done in the past. This is a whole new ball game. And they really did take a look at every single thing that they were doing and question it. Um, there's a great op- it's a great story that um, came out of Procter & Gamble who really took off during the Great Depression. Um, they just squashed their competition. And they looked around and said, you know, we've been doing a lot of advertising, and that seems to be working, but how could we do something better? How could we do something different? And so instead of running advertisements in the traditional manner, um, particularly in print, they took a look at this new technology called radio that everybody was looking at. And radio had something that other technologies didn't have. It was a community type of technology. People gathered together around the radio and influenced each other. Um, You had large groups of people gathering around and listening to the radio and then engaging in conversation afterwards. And so they looked at that and they said, well, you know, how can we really leverage that? And they actually decided instead of running just ads on other programs, they decided to create their own programming. And they created this program called Ma Perkins, brought to you by Oxidol. And Ma Perkins was really the very first soap opera. And so they created this programming that was entertaining for people in the Depression, and that's what people in the Great Depression really wanted more than anything. Consumers wanted someone to, to take their burden off. And so they created Ma Perkins, who was this horribly tragic character um, who was more, much worse off than most of the people who were listening. And um, Ma Perkins, of course, used Oxidol, as did everyone um, in that show. And they they had commercial breaks and that were all about Oxidol. So they really, people associated entertainment and joy with the Procter & Gamble products. And it was so successful, they actually went on to create 20 other soap operas brought to you by various Procter & Gamble products. I guess one of the analogies today, or one of the equivalents today, would be potentially things like blogging, podcasting, vidcasting, uh, a new technology. Absolutely. I, I just read a great article um, about using Facebook for business and how to incorporate the, the social media 
and social networking into your business. And, you know, we tell all of our folks, just because you've done something in the past and it's been successful doesn't mean that that's the most successful you could be. Um, We advise everybody to really pick maybe five top things that you've been doing, five different ways of getting prospects, um, and track your return on investment for each of those things. What are the dollars that I'm spending and what's the time that I'm spending versus the return that I'm getting? Measure all of those things. Keep the top three throw out the bottom two and replace the bottom two with something else. That's interesting. You should mention Facebook for Business. That's actually my next episode. I'll be talking to someone about how to use that. Well, so. how, how wonderful. <laughs> That's a good coincidence. Glad to set you up. <laughs> now, um, another thing these men did was actually increase their marketing activities, which is sort of a little bit about what you were talking about. And this is something I've been saying for businesses nowadays because one of the knee-jerk reactions in every recession, down economy, whatever you want to call it, is to cut advertising, cut public relations. And it's a horrible idea. Oh, it's the worst thing you can do because that's exactly what your competitors are doing. And now is the perfect time to really get some significant gains in awareness and visibility because your competitors are cutting back on their advertising. They're cutting back their visibility. They're cutting back on their marketing. So maybe a 20% increase in your marketing and what you're putting out there can give you as much as a 50% increase in visibility because while you're adding they're subtracting. So you're gaining much more visibility and much more share of mind during these times. Um, The other thing that's nice during this time is because everybody's cutting back on advertising, a lot of the the major advertisers, the radio, television, places like that, have a lot of extra inventory because your competitors are pulling their spots. Um, And anytime there's extra inventory, the old law of supply and demand comes in, that means you can negotiate better you've got a lot more leverage. One of the things we tell our clients to do, um, and your your print advertisers will hate this, but it, it's a really great strategy, is if you find something, a place that you'd like to advertise, um, get their rate sheet, figure out, let's say they want $3,000 for an ad, send them a, a note with a check for $1,500 that says, we'd really like your magazine, we'd really like to advertise in it, however, we don't have the $3,000, but here's a check for 1500 If that's acceptable, if you can do that, we'd love to have an ad, um, just go ahead and cash the check. If not, that's okay, just send the check back to us. You're going to find that in this type of a market, advertisers are so desperate for for um, advertisers that they they're they really, really, really have a hard time turning down that check that's in their hands. Yeah, once once um, it's in their hands, I imagine they do. Now, the, exactly. fi- the final point you, uh, you mentioned was strengthening relationships. This is, I guess, increasing, solidifying your network. Absolutely. It's, in, it's increasing your network as well as um, really getting down – getting down to brass tacks with your clients and really making sure that you're insulating your clients against competition. People are people get kind of ruthless in a down economy. Your competitors are probably cutting prices and doing stupid things like that. This is a time for you to be calling your clients and saying, hey, Bob, I want to get together with you and talk about the economy. And sit down and strategize with your clients about how you can together weather this storm. And it may be that, that Bob was thinking about going to another com- to a competitor of yours because he was going to get a price discount, whereas you may be able to hold your price and say, you know, Bob, what if I give you an extra 10 days to pay? That will help your cash flow. Um, and so now you're strategizing together about how you can both come out of this, um, maintaining your relationship, because it's, it's likely that they want to continue working with you. They just need some help 
figuring out how to do that. Same thing with your networks. This is the time to go out and solidify the, the relationships that you have with your strategic partners, as well as build some new ones. The, the smart people right now are really focused on the connections that they have. That's where places like LinkedIn and Facebook and some of the social networking sites come in, but also the, the tight personal relationships, because when times get tough, people turn to their closest relationships. You know, I, I tell everybody, you know, if you had, if, if, your child needed emergency surgery and you needed to get your hands on $100,000, you could probably do it. And the people that you would turn to would be your friends and family. Now, real quick, I mentioned this earlier. You have an offer for Startup BizCast listeners. They can get more information on this topic. Can you run through that offer and let people know where they can get more information? Absolutely. We're going to be doing a um, teleseminar, uh, hour and a half on this topic, and we're really going to dig down into this, down in, into the meat of it. We've done two seminars with this already. We've sold both of them out, um, so we're doing a teleseminar version. Normally, that, that teleseminar is going to be $47, but for your listeners, um, I will absolutely um, give it to them at no charge. What they need to do is email me, and in the subject line, put Steve. And just let me know that they want to register for that teleseminar. I will get them registered at no charge and send them all of the information to call in. That, that teleseminar is it's going to be Friday, May 30th from 2 to 3.30. That's Eastern Time. And, um, again, all they need to do is email me. It's laura, L-A-U-R-A, at dancingelephants.net. And in the subject line, put Steve and give me their contact information. I'll get them registered. Okay, sounds great. And I'll put all that information in the show notes and on the Startup BizCast blog as well. And, uh, Laura, I do appreciate you taking the time for us. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, Steve. Once again, if you missed the email address, it's laura at dancingelephants.net. Put my name, Steve, in the subject line. I'll post those instructions on the Startup BizCast blog and in the show notes for this episode in case you missed them. I really love to hear your suggestions for guests for Startup BizCast, as well as your comments, questions, or even criticism. To contact me, you can call my voicemail hotline number at 206-339-4366. That's 206-339-4366. You can also email info at startupbizcast.com or leave a comment on the blog. That's a wrap for Episode 48 of Startup BizCast. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Mullen. This program is produced by BizPods, the podcast production service from Endgame Public Relations. To find out how your organization can join the podcasting revolution, please visit www.endgamepr.com forward slash podcasts.